0: hey this is jonathan with limitless mindset and this podcast is about a little bit of a fringe vitamin that's right vitamin b17 you may not have heard of this one before and i doubt that you'll forget about it it's also known as amygdalin or laetrile and it's a controversial compound that occurs naturally in nature, in the bitter seeds of apricots, apples, and peaches. And vitamin B17 is well worth the attention of biohackers with a little higher risk tolerance and those who have cancer. So if you're a person that's like, hey, I would never do anything that has, you know, a modicum of risk involved with it as far as my supplementation and nootropic regimen goes. If you're one of those people that's like, oh, you know what, I'm going to pass on, say, uh, nicotine or, I don't know, maybe uh, Adderall or different things like that or, say, carotam because the the risk profile is just a little bit too high, you probably want to group vitamin B17 with those. However, for everyone else for myself it has some very attractive attributes you've probably never heard of vitamin b17 if you're some shade of conspiracy theorist who thinks that the fda is at least a little evil you'll probably want to try vitamin b17 if you think that the fda is a perfectly benign government regulating agency acting only for the good of the public you'll probably want to pass on vitamin b17 if you like me are prone to sporadic episodes of unrecuted hedonism you'll want to consider adding this to your arsenal of lifestyle biohacks Speaking of which, I've got a very personal anecdote. A couple of years ago, when I was living in South America, I faced quite a dilemma in regards to birth control. I was dating this lovely 21-year-old Colombian university student. One night, we had a date scheduled she told me she was feeling sick, so I hopped in a little yellow taxi that drove reckless, recklessly through the streets of Medellin to bring her chocolate. I was a good boyfriend. In a moment that brought me back to high school, we were cuddling on her bed, pretending to watch a movie while trysting and listening warily for her madres footsteps coming down the hallway to make sure she was being a good Catholic girl. She nonchalantly mentioned to me there in the darkness that she was feeling sick because she had just started taking the pill. Now this Colombiana will forever remain young and nubile in my imagination. She was eager to please and would purr like a cat in bed. It was truly glorious making love to her. The prospect of her most intimate embrace without protection was truly tantalizing. But as a biohacker, I knew that the birth control pill was bad news for women's health. So I found myself in quite a predicament. But I really did care For her, and she was a pretty sharp girl who at least pretended to share my passion for all things healthy. So I resolved to talk to her about my reservations, about the pill, and my willingness to keep using condoms. Ultimately, I failed to provide her the emotional roller coaster that the intoxicating women of that country so crave. We stopped seeing each other, and the dilemma resolved itself. However, If I had known about herbal birth control and vitamin B17, I would have had a viable contraceptive option that satisfied both my bioethics and my most primal desires. A dubious contraceptive method. Vitamin B17 and apricot seeds in particular likely prevent pregnancy and can even be used for an herbal abortion. Yes, that's a thing. From the book, it's one of my favorites. I've talked about it before. The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity. For thousands of years, the young women of Polynesia have enjoyed complete and uninhibited sexual freedom prior to marriage with no worries about unwanted pregnancy. Their secret is to eat a few handfuls of papaya seeds every day. The active ingredient responsible for their freedom from pregnancy is vitamin B17, more popularly known as Laetrile, the controversial drug banned in the United States due to unproven claims that it can prevent and help cure cancer. From the queerly named book, herbal abortion the fruit of the tree of knowledge if you made love with a man during your fertile time for example days 10 to 16 in a 28 day cycle and you do not wish to be pregnant here is what you do after unprotected intercourse on a potentially fertile day begin eating five to 10 uppercut kernels three times a day continue this until your period comes this prevents implantation the same effect can be achieved with high levels of vitamin c in this way interesting use more than 10 grams per day so you're like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute jonathan is this scientifically proven not really however there's a significant quantity of positive anecdotal evidence and a stark lack of nocebo reports which you would especially expect for a birth control measure if you wear let's say brand x condom but yet somehow end up impregnating jill who you met at the ladies night on wednesday at skybar well and you have a, an unintentional pregnancy followed by a uh, disastrous 18-year relationship with a uh, with a vengeful baby's mama, well, you're going to be uh, warning everyone you can for the rest of your existence against buying those damn leaky Brandex condoms, right? Also consider that Since time immemorial, there's been a significant economic incentive for those who work in the world's oldest profession to prevent pregnancy. People have been having sex in exchange for money, well, probably ever since we invented money. So these herbal medicine traditions arise as a result of pragmatism, not mysticism anything that didn't actually work surely would have been not been passed down from age to age from madam to courtesan to pimp to streetwalker you get the idea I foresee myself using herbal birth control in the future when I'm in a relationship where pregnancy is undesirable, yet not unacceptable. If I were married or in a serious long-term relationship, I would rather have her using a herbal birth control strategy than the pill, which is going to fundamentally alter her hormones, psychology and libido depending upon which sex expert you listen to the pull-out method is actually just a little less effective than using condoms that's right if a woman uses the birth control pill imperfectly namely forgetting to take it at the same time every day its effectiveness in preventing a little bundle of joy decreases detrimentally and yes if you're like hey jonathan do you have reference and science backing up all the stuff that you're saying you're going to want to check out the article because that's where i've got all the links and citations for all this how many stories have you heard of people that had an unexpected pregnancy even while using mainstream birth control methods maybe it's even happened to you so i wouldn't depend upon herbal birth control alone if i was sleeping with someone who i really didn't want to have a child with the amalgamation of the limited science done and the preponderance of anecdotal accounts online didn't give me the confidence to bet it doesn't give me the confidence to bet at least $250,000 in 18 years of my life on herbal birth control working Conversely, though, given the unreliability of conventional birth control methods, if I were sleeping regularly with someone who I really didn't want to make babies with, I would hedge my bets and supplement the normal contraceptives with herbal birth control. Specifically, the Californian apricot seeds that I mentioned, Queen Anne's Lace Seeds, Neem Oil, Smart weed, leaves, no, they won't make you swa- smart, sorry, and wild yam. If I had my partner use all of them properly, the cumulative contraceptive effectiveness would be pretty close to 100%, especially if I'm using the much maligned pullout method and Taoist semen retention methods, which I've discussed in depth elsewhere. The chances of inadvertently making a little Roseland are virtually nil, right? And I actually did another podcast totally on this subject. So if your ears are really, if your ears or some other uh, part of your body that contains erectile tissue are perking up at the moment, you're going to want to check out that podcast. I will link to it. Moving on. A less dubious cancer cure. That's right. And there's some documentaries that I link to that you're going to want to check this out if uh, you or uh, someone you care about has or is struggling with cancer. So the FDA banned it because it cures cancer. Upon reading, upon listening to that previous sentence, and I'll say it again, the FDA banned it because it cures cancer, you may be thinking, of course, of course. They wouldn't want us curing cancer. That would put them out of business, right? And some days I totally share your cynicism, but the reality is probably a whole lot more complex and nuanced. And I haven't uh, researched it thoroughly enough to say conclusively whether or not it actually cures cancer. I don't really think anyone has, or else they'd be uh, tremendously uh, uh, tremendously wealthy or or perhaps assassinated, right? If a close friend or family member of mine was facing the dire specter of cancer, I wouldn't get their hopes up too high repeating the hyperbole surrounding vitamin B17. However, given the preponderance of scientific and anecdotal evidence, I'll recommend using it to promote longevity and prevent cancer let's get into the history of it. About 100 years ago, it was isolated from bitter almonds and has since been embroiled in controversy because one of its constituent parts is cyanide however in moderation the cyanide is counteracted by another chemical in the seed actually you consume cyanide all the time if you eat raw almonds or spinach for example and you're still alive and well and kicking and listening to this podcast apparently two of the doctors that published the 1952 paper, which initially demonized it, were also amongst the many doctors who publicly endorsed smoking cigarettes as healthy, going as far as saying a day keeps the lung cancer away. So that really, uh, you know, draws into question the credibility of the doctors who were like, you know who are who are like, hey, you know we this this stuff that all these people are saying cures cancer. That's bad. You don't want to take that. And again, it was 1952. It was it was a long time ago. I have a bit of an inclination to disregard studies that are uh, you know 20, 30 years old. After they're past that date, that that kind of seems like the expiration of relevance to me. The FDA banned laetrile the semi-synthetic version of amygdalin in 1977 and there was a 1982 paper that called it the slickest most sophisticated and certainly the most remunerative cancer quack promotion in medical history so they were not a fan of it the science however far from a universal research moratorium on it, there's been over a hundred papers, human studies, and meta-analyses done in the past 10 years alone. That's actually actually pretty good. You guys know I do a lot of these uh, comparative meta-analyses of different nootropics and different substances, and that's a pretty useful chunk of research that's been done. A 2016 paper out of Goethe University in Germany concluded, no convincing evidence showing that amygdalin induces rapid distinct tumor regression in cancer patients, particularly in those with late stage disease is apparent. However, there is also no evidence that purified amygdalin administered in therapeutic dosage causes toxicity that's good for all those people out there that might are worried that are like cyanide oh my gosh i don't want to i won't want to consume cyanide going on it says multiple aspects of amygdalin administration have not yet been adequately explored making further investigation necessary to evaluate its actual therapeutic potential a recent in vitro study of prostate cancer cells was more optimistic Quote, amygdalin exhibits significant anti tumor activity in both castration sensitive and castration resistant PCA lines and merits further evaluation for therapeutic purposes. If there's a chance, this could save your life or the life of someone you care about, I'll encourage you to peruse the abstracts of the recent studies done. The general sentiment of the researchers who have devoted themselves to profoundly understanding this bitter compound is quite positive, overall overall positivity on uh, cyanide poisoning. I found two recent reports on PubMed of severe cyanide poisoning, but both are pretty extreme cases that could be avoided by a responsible biohacker using conservative doses. One resulted from some idiot parents, idiot, who gave too many apricot kernels to their four-year-old child, four-year-old, again, idiot parents. Uh, Quote, on detailed questioning of the parents, the use of CAM including intravenous and oral vitamin B17 and oral apricot kernel were reported. The second report advises that there's a serious conflict with vitamin C. Uh, amygdalin and laetril, a synthetic form of amygdalin, are commonly used as complementary or alternative medicine for the treatment of cancer. Vitamin C is known to increase the in vitro conversion of amygdalin to cyanide and reduce body stores of cysteine, which is used to detoxify The cyanide amygdalin has been used for decades uh, by patients with cancer who are seeking alternative therapies and severe reactions have not been reported with this dose. An interaction with vitamin C is a plausible explanation for this life-threatening response. And interestingly, I'm thinking now that I'm actually, now that I'm reading this, there was the herbal abortion book, which was suggesting like uh, really high dose vo- doses of vitamin C as a, as a, uh, contraceptive, as a contraceptive solution. Uh, but it was saying it was not recommending to do the two together. It was saying vitamin C or, uh, um, or apricot seeds and apricot seeds looking like a, looking like a better option. I'm really not going to, spend a whole lot of time researching whether vitamin c is a contraceptive this seems a little bit of a silly notion to me about the war on cancer looking at the stark statistics western medicine is doing a remarkably bad job finding a cure for cancer A glaring example of the failure of the Western approach to health and disease is the so-called war on cancer in America, where this deadly disease flourishes more than anywhere else on Earth. Over the past 35 years, the National Cancer Institute has spent more than $20 billion researching a cure for cancer while suppressing all homeopathic and preventative approaches to the disease. Since 1962, the number of cancer deaths per 100,000 people in America has risen from 170 to 185 in 1986 close to one million new cases of cancer were reported so hey cancer researcher guys and cancer doctors really not doing a great job here guys it would seem to be less of a race for the cure and more of a perverse game of musical chairs that costs billions of dollars and millions of lives. The risk that vitamin B17 presents looks a whole lot better in the shadow cast by the mountain of bodies after the 45-year war on cancer. And I've got some documentaries that I watched that were interesting and eye-opening and some of them set off my cognitive dissonance bullshit detector a little bit but again if you or someone that matters to you is is dealing with cancer which which is a is a statistical likelihood just considering how many people get it nowadays it's it's worthwhile for you to take a look at this subject which Uh, so literally affects our mortality. Okay, so let's talk uh, about some of the anecdotal evidence. There's a book, Laetrile Case Histories, documenting work done at the Richardson Cancer Clinic from its blurb. Here are 62 case histories proving beyond any doubt that Laetrile, that's vitamin B17, works in the control of cancer. These are not anecdotal stories or cases of people who never had cancer in the first place. Each history is authenticated by a firm diagnosis and a meticulous medical documentation. And YouTube has, I check this out also, I, I do a lot of Googling. <laughs> Uh, researching these researching these uh, these meta-analyses guys research has a handful of not very professional video blogs of cancer survivors who found it helpful you'll find a lot more testimonials and frank discussion at beat cancer with b17.blogspot.com. Not a lot of people calling it a a miracle cure for cancer, but it does seem to help. And I've yet to come across any real horror stories about cyanide poisoning. As usual, I did quite a bit of research, and I think I found uh, a really great source of this. And that would be apricot power. And this is a brand of apricot seeds and they have received nearly 600 uh, customer reviews on trustpilot.com. And believe it or not, I actually went through and reviewed all of them, uh, especially the one and two star reviews. And there's a handful of people complaining about taste, bitterness, and upset stomachs, but literally no one having crazy adverse reactions Uh, that required hospitalization or the poison control center so it it, even though again I'm being as transparent as possible it does it is it is it is is a cyanide source but I really don't think you have to worry about uh, cyanide poisoning with this so uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, sources of this So you can't buy Laetrile itself, thanks to the FDA ban, but you can eat foods that are high in amygdalin. So uh, again, number one would be Californian apricot seeds. That's 8%. Peach seeds are 6%. Plum seeds are 2%. Better apricots are 5%. And then apple seeds. The general rule of thumb is that you shouldn't eat more seeds than you would if you were eating the whole food you wouldn't eat more than four to six apricots in a in a sitting so don't eat more than four to six apricot seeds Uh, and again okay i'll I'll just repeat what i've said a couple other times here so that i'm being as honest as possible vitamin b17 it's a literal little bit of a higher risk biohack but i share it with you because the potential upside is tremendous First of all, preventing, treating, and maybe even curing cancer, and then being able to naturally have quite safe sex without the significant downsides of hormonal birth control. Whereas the downside is that if used correctly, it's about as risky as, say, uh, Botox, eating uh, mushrooms, taking crottom or eating raw almonds. So I say give it, give it, give it, give it, give it a chance if you're a biohacker who, who likes to try things that are a little risky and have a significant upside, what do you have to lose? Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I'd really love to uh, hear from some of you guys or gals that might try this one. Thanks. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.